VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and welcome to today's show. Imagine embarking on a round-the-world flight with middle and high school students remotely controlling just about everything about your trip, from your flight plans, your meals, your supply kits on dangerous treks to volcanoes, uh, how you're going to be prepared for meeting up with poisonous animals, and more. In the fall of this year, Barrington Irving is doing just that in an airplane he's calling a classroom in in the sky. And this is all in the name of getting kids excited about science, technology, engineering, and math fields. We call those the STEM fields. Barrington is no stranger to adventurous expeditions. In 2007, at the age of 23, he became the youngest person ever to fly solo around the world and the only African-American to ever complete the feat. His journey from a high school football star with no confidence in his math and science capabilities to world record setting pilot inspired him to start his nonprofit organization, Experience Aviation, which aims to boost the numbers of young students interested in aviation and other science and math related careers. In addition to winning numerous awards and honors, Barrington is a National Geographic emerging explorer and he's joining us today as part of our second explorer series barrington welcome to the show i'm so happy to have you with me this morning welcome ah thank you i'm I'm, uh you know very excited to participate well i think you know just reading your your intro and thinking about you know what you have accomplished in your lifetime you know to me you seem to bring the embodiment of you know the adventurous explorer that comes to mind when we think about national geographic society exploration and and i think your mission is quite um special and distinct so before we dive into all of that i'd love it if you could just start off by telling me a little bit more about you so barrington you know to give us a bit about your background and what inspired you to become a pilot well, you know, I, I grew up from very humble beginnings. Um, I was born in Jamaica and uh, in Kingston, Jamaica. Left at the age of six, uh, moved to Miami, and um, uh, went to school in tough neighborhoods. And um, I was a, a gifted athlete as it relates to uh, football. And um, you know, during that time, I basically saw football as my way out of the hood. Until I met an airline pilot. Um, who approached me randomly one day in a store, and and he walked up to me and said, "Hey, son, have you ever thought about flying? You know, wow. becoming a pilot." And I literally the first words out of my mouth was, "I don't think I'm smart enough to fly a plane." And mm. um, then I asked him how much money he made, and after he answered that question, I, I, I took interest, and you know, interest turned into passion, turned down a number of football scholarships to play in college, and and. Uh, decided uh, becoming a pilot was something I wanted to do. Didn't know anything about setting any records, but I, I, I 
literally saw aviation as uh, another way to make it out of the hood, quite honestly, and and uh, to see the world. And um, you know, I'm very grateful for it, and and that's why I'm I'm passionate about the things that I do because. You know, not every kid can be a star athlete or or uh, or entertainer or or necessarily. Uh, we have just such a such a low, right? We have such a high percentage of of young people who, you know, they're just the average kids in class, and I think we lose a lot of them. And you know, I think science and math have a lot to offer them if they could, you know, get exposed to it in the right way. You know, I'm I'm really I'm really struck by you know many parts of the story you've told me so far, um, and I want to get to the the passion that I hear in you when you talk about this. But for a moment, let's just stay with this story. I, I it's unbelievable, really, that um, a pilot randomly approached you in the store and, and asked you this question and changed your life. And you know, I wonder if you ever look back on that as, as sort of like what what. What did that mean to you at the time? Did you really realize that that was a big intervention? I mean, to to be honest, when he first approached me, you know, you're you're thinking stranger danger type of thing, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, uh, but it, it's something that he does all the time, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to reach out to young people, and you know, I was just one of the few who listened, and you know, as I I was able to see aviation from a different perspective. You know, thanks to his mentorship and learning about the industry and so forth. Um, you know, it, it, it felt as if I answered a call, you know, and, yeah. and I think for all of us, we, the phone rings at different times for different things and, uh, I'm, I'm just happy that I, I, I answered the call, uh, when I met this guy. Did he stay involved with you as you began to be interested in this? Do you, did you get to know him better? Absolutely. Um, he's still my mentor till this day. Um, anything, you know, great that I'm about to do flight related, I'll contact him. We, you know, we talk and, um, he's still my mentor to this day. Great guy. And, and, um, you know, what, what, what was special is, you know, I'll never forget when I first came up with the concept to fly around the world. I didn't know about sending any records, but I just came up with the concept. And, um, I remember telling him that I wanted to fly around the world. Uh, but he didn't know that if if he would have told me no, you know, wait until you know you're 40 years old or something, I probably wouldn't have done it. But because he had faith in me and was encouraging me, you know, I stuck with it. And and um, he didn't know that at the time. But his because he saw so much in me, I really valued that. And and uh, you know, although I didn't think I was the sharpest tool in the box. At the time, because, you know, you, you, the type of background you come from, you don't think you're capable of doing certain things or have the resources in order to do it. And uh, But he, he certainly made a difference. Well, it's, how old were you when that happened? I'm curious. Uh, it was right before I turned 16, so I was 15 years old. So it's sort of at just exactly the right moment, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's incredible. Well... Um, when you went on to to school, did you study science and math as an undergraduate? How did how did you proceed from there? Yeah, so it was. I'll be honest. It was very tough to turn down a football scholarship because mm-hmm. you know I knew my education would have been paid for, so I had to start over from scratch. And um, you know, I'm I'm very thankful that uh, I kept up my grades, although I was an athlete. So I was able to get some small scholarships. 
Um, in addition to that, um, of course, with the grants, government grants and so forth, being a, a poor kid, that helped as well. And uh, I, I honestly just took math and science uh, very seriously because, um, you know, coming coming from where I come from, you're always thinking about the salary, right? How much money are you going to make? And 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 then and you look at those career fields and then try to match that with, okay, what do I need to do to get there? And you see that you really have to take those challenging math and science courses in order to get there. And that's what I immediately saw. And um, I told myself, you know, you know, same way on the football field, you know, failure couldn't be an option, and, and it wasn't in this case. What did you say to yourself, Barrington? Like, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, that journey out of the hood, as you said, and into the, into this, um, you know, focus on aviation and becoming a pilot and sort of, you know, navigating athletics and all of that. Like, what do you think, um, I don't know, what did you say to yourself to stay motivated and focused? Well, it, it was tough, you know, because when I made a decision not to take the scholarships, um, a lot of friends who I thought I had as friends uh, didn't really want to talk to me anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and I kind of just mm-hmm. fell to the wayside type of thing. So I went through that phase of, of uh, being lonely and abandoned uh, to, a, to a certain degree. Um, so I realized really quickly um, that in life the only person that could walk your path is you. You know, when you're in high school, you're just trying to impress your friends and girls and whole nine yards. And, you know, I, I, I realized very soon that, um, things would have to change. Um, as it relates to this is my life, I'm in control of my life, and there's certain things I have to do in order to make it. And, um, quite honestly, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, so where did you even get the confidence to go out and try these things? And it wasn't really so much confidence I had. It was just I wasn't afraid to lose anything because I was already poor. You know, it's just like what what are you what more are you going to lose? You know, I already know what it's like not to have anything. You know, mm-hmm. what more am I going to lose? And and that mm-hmm. that's honestly how I looked at it. It wasn't mm-hmm. so much as if I had I was brave or just had guts. I just I I just honestly looked at myself and said, well, it can't get much worse. You know, what else can I lose? And Hmm. Well, you know, you know, here you are today, you know, having, having broken records and created records, you know, with your aviation and certainly a role model for, you know, for kids in so many ways. And, you know, tell me what, um, what does it mean to you to be in a position today to be able to influence lives, perhaps, you know, in the way your mentor influenced your life and, and I think also because of the the stage that you're on, you you can have a sort of an even bigger impact beyond the one on one. What's that like for you? Um, it, it means a lot. You know, uh, when when my mentor started to help me, he made me promise, and uh, and, I, and, I, and I made the promise. He he said you have to give back the same way I give to you. You have to give back. And you know, I said I don't have any money to give. How can I give back? And um, he said, no, give time, give knowledge, you know, and give ex- and share your experiences. And that's actually something that I've I've stuck to as some of my fundamentals. And uh, it, it's honestly a great feeling when you see uh, a change in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I could have done a lot of things. I, I could have just – it's so ironic because, right, you know, when I got introduced to aviation, I was thinking about making money, you know, and, and – 
and 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 making a good life doing that and then and then you realize down the road that people you know is your greatest investment you know and when when i realized that it, it's such a great feeling you know i'm you know i'm i'm not poor anymore but still to be able to you know focus on investing in in people in this case young people is is such a great feeling when you see that transformation and and it reminds me of myself you know what well, where would i be if i didn't meet you know captain robinson you know what would i have been doing and and uh, especially in the type of field that i'm involved in um it's it, it's honestly humbling and, and and you know young people have potential like crazy and you know, I'm, I'm glad I've, I've somewhat figured out a way to tap into that um, in, in a strong way. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I, I it's really quite wonderful to hear you talk about this, and I'm I'm fascinated actually by um, you know the the kid in the store who's thinking I'm not smart enough for this, or I don't know if that could be my path. I don't know if I have what it takes, you know, and then really trying it and learning and and taking some risks you know and and ultimately succeeding in in this in this grand way and you know i'm i'm interested in how you learned you know like so so when you were thinking i don't know if i have the math and science skills perhaps to do this like what what have you what did you learn about yourself as a young person studying math and science like what did you need to conquer in order to to gain that um that academic success and 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 confidence I mean, I learned a few things. I, I learned how to study better. Um, I wasn't afraid to hang out with the really smart kids in class, you know, when I was in college, and and uh, and, and learn from them, and 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 understand that, you know, I, I wasn't the smartest kid in the class, but I was very creative and I had good drive, and you know, I wasn't afraid to pull someone aside and ask for help. Um, I wasn't afraid to, uh, you know, really, be, you know, be realistic with myself. But, but also, one of the things I find most interesting is the capacity of the human brain. Mm. You know, um, because a lot of times we, you know, we quit before we even need to quit, especially when it comes to complex subjects. And yes, everyone, when you know you're taking a complex subject, you, you hit a wall. You know, you get stuck. You just can't see around it, and and it takes time in order for you to um, to get past that. But I mean, quite honestly, our mind is is the most powerful tool we have, and and you know, I, I basically psyched myself out and said, I have to pass this class, I have to do well, I have to get through this, and you know, I wouldn't let failure become an option or say, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to study something else. You know, it, it's kind of like putting your feet to the fire, and, and this is what you have to do. And what created purpose around that for me is there was a career that I wanted to pursue. You know, so that that drove me. You know, there, there's this career that I wanted to pursue, and and yeah, I take that same concept and you know try to apply that whether it's having kids build a plane or or build a car faster than a Ferrari. You know, we try to take those concepts and have the tangible goal at the end that you can see and and know that it's it's worth it to work this hard. You know, my guest this morning is Barrington Irving, who is a National Geographic Emerging Explorer. We are talking about um, his his past in preparation for really learning about 
the passionate work he's doing and the vision that he has. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life, and we'll be back in just a moment. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for information purposes only. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate Ebner, and I'm joined this morning by National Geographic Emerging Explorer Barrington Irving, who in addition to piloting world record-breaking flights around the world, is devoted to educating kids about opportunities in the science, technology, education, and math fields. So we've been talking about your story, Barrington, and um, I I. I know that your story is sort of, you know, your story is fascinating all the way along. And, and yet I want to get to this part where you become a pilot and actually fly around the world. So um, you're the only person I've ever spoken with who has done this. And I know our listeners would love to hear you talk about that experience and, you know, why you did it. Let's start with that. You know, I, it is kind of interesting because, um, I uh I wear a flight suit, you know, I wear a brown flight suit and uh you know, there's there are a few friends of mine and 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 other kids down here in Miami who wear a different type of brown suit, you know, for uh for the prison system. And um I mean, quite quite honestly, I I just wanted to inspire kids, you know. Um the day that I left to fly around the world, uh, no one knew this, but I only had $30 in my pocket. And, uh, you know, people were inspired, and they began to make contributions, and, and that's how I was able to keep on going. But I just simply wanted to inspire people. Uh, that's where it started. Of course, setting records was just something that, 
that came out of it as well. And um, I just wanted to inspire young people the same way I was inspired. And, and you know, it's, it's, it, it was an amazing experience, uh, very challenging. Uh, my airplane had no weather radar, no de-icing. Um, so definitely uh, the weather was the most difficult challenge. Um, flying across the North Atlantic, uh, imagine flying 12 and a half hours by yourself, uh, no one to talk to, uh, switching from time zone to time zone, and um, you, you don't really have a concrete meal plan, as well as dealing with different cultures. You know, um, before flying around the world, the only other place I've been to was Jamaica. Um, and, yeah, so it was very challenging, some of the places I flew into, and, you know, uh, being a tourist and, and, you know, just didn't know that whole operation of, of, of being a foreigner in certain places. And uh, it, it was challenging, you know. In, in Italy, I was, I was embarrassed to know that Italian dressing didn't exist. Um, oh. <laughs> you know, and... You know, when I landed in Cairo, Egypt, I, I uh, was greeted by guys in flip-flop shorts and AK-47s pointed straight at my plane, and and uh, that was interesting. You know, I, 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 I was, it was actually kind of comical because, you know, I, I shut my engine off and I held my hands up and I was thinking to myself, I left. I left the hood to come to Egypt and get held up, you know, and, and okay. you know, it was kind of funny, and, and, of course, it was a very serious moment. And, you know, I, I even raised my hand and, you know, pointed to my skin color. And I'm like, I'm your brother. You know, we don't have an issue. And, you know, so it, it was definitely challenging. It was challenging all around with some of the places that I've been to. And and uh, it took 97 days, 145 flight hours. I made uh, 27 stops in 13 countries. And uh, it was an eye-opening experience for me. And And to be quite honest, that's, that's also when I realized how far we are behind as a country as it relates to math and science. Hmm. Say more about that. How did you realize that? Well, you know, when when you see cultures and, and you see how serious they take education, you know, um, in, in Asia and in India, and you see how serious uh, uh, these cultures take education. I mean, in these communities... A teacher is a hero. Um, it's not that case here in the in the United States per se. And also discovering, you know, when you hear certain facts, such as uh, China has more honorable students than total population of the United States, and where we rank globally in math and science. I mean, it's it's, it's eye opening, and, and you see these students diligently going to school, taking it seriously. Uh, for them, an education is really their sense of freedom. It's really their only way out. And uh, it's almost like a lifeline. And, and uh, you know, over here in the States, we're, we're more casual about it. And, and you see that these countries take education seriously because they know in order to be uh, a leader and an and, and, uh, innovative country, uh, your your population has to be good in math and science. And and that's when it really struck home for me because, you know, some of the kids here in the States, they don't, they don't realize there's a, a world out there. They don't realize there's competition out there. And, and quite honestly, you know, unless we do something, we're going to get our butts kicked. And, and there's, no, there's no 
beautiful way to say it. And, and, uh, that's when it really struck home for me. You know, it's a, it's a powerful point for you to make, especially coming from where you came and the way that you learned it, you know. So I want to go back to that, that flight and the 13 com- countries you visited and, and, um, you know, I have this sense, almost like if we were to watch your flight as a movie or something, that you were, I don't know, there's a quality of innocence about it. You know, like you, you were, you didn't know what you didn't know, it sounds like. So you, you, you started out and, you know, you kind of dropped in on the world and learned yeah. an extraordinary amount. Does that ring yeah. true? It, it does. It does. You know, I, I honestly felt as if I was peeling back layers of the earth, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, um, yeah, I didn't know much. I, I didn't, you know, I was, you know, just trying to do something and, and inspire others. And, you know, in turn, I was inspired as well. And, I mean, there are plenty of times I didn't think I would make it on some of the flight legs with weather, but, um, it, it, it was definitely an eye-opening experience and, and, uh, it, it helped me to find myself, you know, as I was flying around the world and, discover even more what my passions are. You know, tell us about one of those flight legs where you thought you might not make it. You know, I bet our listeners would really love to hear sort of what the challenges were like and how you withstood them. Well, um, there were two very critical ones. Uh, One was flying over Saudi Arabia. I was at 17,000 feet, and next thing you know, you just see a, a wall of sand approaching me. I didn't have enough gas to turn back, and uh, um, I went from a nice, clear, beautiful day to the next thing you know, seeing shimmers of the sun. And, you know, normally sandstorms don't reach that high, but because of just the, the amount of disturbance um, it created, uh, I went from seeing the sun to the next thing you know, seeing shimmers of the sun and hearing the sand scraping against the uh, windshield of the cockpit and, you know, uh, some of the sand started to come to the vents and I, you know, there's military airspace around. You can't just fly into another country's airspace and, and, uh, and land. You, you just can't do that. They, they have the, the option or the right to shoot you down if they want to, want to. And, you know, thanks to God, I, I was, the sand didn't reach the turbochargers in my engine. You know, um, if, if it did, I would have had to do an emergency landing in the desert and in, in zero visibility. It was a scary experience. Um, I would say to myself, you know, I, I would just imagine as if I'm flying through the clouds, you know, although I was flying through a sandstorm. So that, that, that was scary. Also, going across the North Pacific, uh, leaving from northern Japan uh, to find an island called Shemi, Alaska, which is the second to last island on the Aleutian chain. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was really challenging because uh, Russia origi- originally cleared me through their airspace, and last minute they pulled the clearance and uh, they lengthened the trip. And there was an ice storm that was passing through. Uh, even airline pilots at higher altitudes above the storm, they were radioing down to me and asking me, you know, what am I doing down there? And after I told them, they said, there's no way you're going to make it on the other side. You have to turn back. I told her I couldn't turn back because I didn't have enough fuel. So then they started to ask me for my parents' name and phone number. Mm. And, uh, you know, that, that was, uh, that, that was a tough trip. As a matter of fact, when I landed in Semia, I landed with about 12 minutes of fuel left in my tank after climbing and descending so much, dodging layers of icing. 
and uh, and it, the, the winds were very rough on that flight. So, you know, I, I definitely grew from hair on my chest on, on that flight. Oh, my goodness. And was it hard to get back in the plane and keep going after that? I mean, how, you just it kept was. going. It was. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, you know, it, 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 when you go through those experiences, you... It was very mentally challenging, and and uh, actually stayed in Shemya for two weeks because fog, very thick fog, rolled in, and um, it, it was it was very challenging, you know. But it felt good to land back on, although it wasn't it it, it was American soil, but you know it's in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it did feel good to to land back on American soil. Mm, I bet. Tell us before we change the subject. One, tell us one, you know, quick story about like a highlight. What was a great moment? I'd probably say, um, goodness, seeing the pyramids in Egypt uh, and and just learning things, how aligned to the stars these pyramids are. You know, um, we don't even have a, com- a computer that can even align the pyramids and stars in the same way it's been done. Um, that was interesting. Um, going in underground tombs in Italy, uh, riding on a bullet train in Japan, uh, seeing cars and vehicles in 2007 that didn't come out here in the United States until uh, 2011. Uh, that that was cool as well. And just just seeing where technology is in other parts of the world, you know, um, cell phone networks. Uh, you know, I thought we were ahead in the United States, and you know, we're 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 so far behind, you know, compared to you know Japan and Hong Kong and. Yeah, it was very, very interesting seeing all these uh, different advances in, in technology. It was, it was really an eye-opening experience. Well, you know, Barrington, we're going to have to take another break, and when we come back, I would really like for us to talk about what you're you're doing next, which is this extraordinary idea of a classroom in the sky. So we're going to come back in just a moment. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Which guests are being featured this week? Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. 
We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate, and I'm talking today with uh, Captain Barrington Irving, who has just told us about his flight around the world. And I want to tell everybody that um, Barrington was 23 years old when he took that flight. And um, that extraordinary experience we were hearing about, you know, was, um, you know, record-breaking, but just um, really a first in so many different ways. And uh, we, we've really enjoyed hearing about it, Barrington. You know, as you, as, as we take that in and think about, I don't know what, your courage, your innocence, your willingness to, to do something to inspire others with $30 in your pocket and off you go. Um, what happened after that? You know, you accomplished this. Did you get a lot of media attention? Like what, what, what was the aftermath of this flight? Yeah, I, I, I did get a lot of media attention and, um, did a number of interviews and, um, Goodness, it's the most I ever stayed in a hotel in my life, you know, after mm-hmm. I did the flight around the world, just traveling around, giving talks and so forth. And um, it was a great experience. I had a number of job offers to, you know, uh, fly uh, uh, for corporate commuters as well as commercial airlines and you know, fly for celebrities. And I actually decided to turn all of that down because I, I went through this phase where you know, there's just something more I wanted to do in education and had to figure out the transition from being a pilot to becoming more of an educator. So uh, since, you know, I didn't graduate from college, you know, with a degree in education, I, I wanted to just test out certain things in math and science. And I wanted to test it out with some of the most challenging kids you can find and kids who don't have the resources and opportunities. So one of the projects I immediately tested uh, was called Building Soar, which was a program that my nonprofit, Experience Aviation, created. And I said, I want kids to build an airplane in 10 weeks. Um, it, and, and I said, not just build it in 10 weeks, I, I'll fly it on its first flight if they build it. So we recruited, uh, 60 students, and, um, they were able to literally build a plane from scratch. I mean, there were a number of different challenges. Uh, some of these kids didn't even know how to point out a sixteenth of an inch on a ruler. It's kind of funny because that same young lady, uh, she's now on a full scholarship at Duke University. And, uh, you know, we've had others go on to Air Force Academy and whole nine yards. And, and, and after the success of that project, you know, these kids building a plane from scratch in just 10 weeks. And, you know, for me to fly it, after the success of that, I said, you know what, um, I'm on to something here as it relates to uh, math and science learning, but doing it in a hands-on, meaningful way with a, with a real finish line at the end. And so, you know, I tested other projects. Uh, as a matter of fact, right now we have kids as young as eight years old uh, build a car, a supercar, um, so a car faster than a Ferrari, and um, I'll be racing it against a jet on May 3rd. You know, so that's coming up. And after going through all this stuff, I said, okay, you know, I'm having great impact in Miami. Um, how do we scale up? You know, and how, how do you scale up um, in an efficient way? And, and how do you reach, 
students on a larger scale. And that's when I said, well, what if I, you know, flew around the world but did it differently? What if I took my skills of navigating around the world but gave students an empowering um, experience? You know, at the end of the day, I come back to the core of what I want. I, I want kids to be able to point to themselves and say, I was the engineer, I was the scientist, I was the mathematician who made this happen. And that's when I said, well, what if we transform a private jet, you know, a very small private jet, um, into a flying classroom? So basically like a real-life magic school bus with wings that would travel to all seven continents, but I literally leave the whole trip, uh, the entire journey, uh, from the meals I eat to the to the data I collect to what path I take hunting down certain animals, you know, for research and so forth. What if I, I package this in a way where kids dictate virtually everything that happens in reality of exploring the world? And that's when I came up with the flying classroom. And uh, very grateful to uh, the Beechcraft Corporation for, for, for sponsoring the aircraft and a number of others also supporting um, with various logistics. And um, I, I will embark on this global flight on uh, September of 2014. Okay. Uh, it has just honestly grown. It, it has grown. Originally, our goal was to just impact a million kids. And uh, we're, we're well beyond that, um, you know, thanks to outreach mechanisms like National Geographic and, and NASA and others. But it's... At the end of the day, you know, I'm just trying to bring uh, relative purpose to math and science that kids can tangibly see, but also at the same time be empowered to feel as if um, they were the brains behind the success uh, of, of, of any math or science challenge we had to overcome. You know, there's a quality of trust in the way that you work with kids, trusting them to build a plane that you'll fly. You know, tell us about how kids are taking the reins with this project and, and the things that you're having them do to set you up for this flight. That's honestly a great point. And to be blunt about it, we don't trust our kids. We don't think our kids are capable of doing amazing things. And I know that for a fact. Um, and it all started even when I wanted to fly around the world. You know, those in the community who say, oh, we want our kids to do more and blah, 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 they'll be some of the first ones to, to reject you or tell you, oh, you're not old enough yet or you can't do this, you know, um, because they have all the data and, and, and all the information and all the odds stacked against you of why you can't do this. And I, I took that real personally um, because it, it's almost like a false preaching. You know, we... As a society, we say we want our young people to do more, um, but to a certain degree, we don't empower them to do so. You know, we we keep them in a in a box of what we think is feasible for them. And if we really want to have our young people advance, give them complex things to do. You know, the the best thing you can tell a kid is you can't do this. You know, I'll I'll never forget. Um, when the students were building the airplane and there were some mechanics who came in, you know, just to take a look. And they were like, you know, you really think these kids are going to get this done? That was the best thing they could have ever told us. The best thing they could have ever told us. Because our, our, 
you know, kids innately have DNA in them to to to, to want to prove adults wrong. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of take advantage of that in a positive way. And it's mm-hmm. well-received by kids because they know. I mean, they're... These kids are smart. They 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 know who's there, you know, and, and really want to help them. They know who doesn't really care, and 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 they know who really believes and who don't. And and when you put kids in a situation where success is the only is the only option, um, it's either you do or you die. And and when you put kids in that situation, you, you get results. And I think we limit our young people. Um, in so many ways. I mean, and, and and then by limiting them in so many ways, they interpret that as being boring. You know, and, and that's, that's some of the things I've realized. So I, I, young people could do amazing things. I mean, they, they could hack into things. They can create things. They could be entrepreneurs. They can do amazing things. We're just not giving them the platform, a, a real empowering platform for them to do that. You know, think about it. We can look at a young person playing football or basketball and think, you know what, this kid that's five foot three or five foot four, maybe he can dunk on that kid that's six foot two. But when it comes to education, reality sets up, right? We we want to limit everything. And um you know, it's just it just sucks. You know, I love hearing you talk about that. And I, I think that, you know, in the sort of uh, parenting dialogue that, that I often hear, there's this sense that kids need challenges and they need adversity in order to test themselves and learn. And I think you're right. I think very often we, we talk about it, but we are uh, afraid to give those kinds of opportunities where we, we're protective and we, and we don't actually allow those things to happen. And so I, I'd love to hear you say that. And I want Barrington to give you a chance here, um, before we take another break to really, like, there's something you see in our future. There's a vision I think you have, um, for, for the world, for young people, for perhaps, for perhaps American kids. I, I'd love to hear you describe your vision. Man, it's, it's, man, it, 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 you might think I'm an overachiever, but I mean, it's, it's definitely one where, you know, in order for the United States to do better in math and science, we really have to allow students to give them platforms and the opportunity to lead in certain things um, relating to math and science and, and do that in a way where it's, it's empowering. You know, I'm, I know there's always legal liabilities and I think, I think it's one of the things that has weakened the academic system tremendously. Um, and it's caused us to not be able to, uh, package, uh, certain learning experiences for kids. And we have to give, give kids chances. Um, I knew flying around the world that the, the chances of me surviving we're limited. You know, the youngest person before me was 37, and I did 23. I knew there was a great chance that I would lose my life. But how do we take the same energy from the space race, right, where everyone was just focused on innovation and pushing the envelope and being the best? We, we, we no longer have that same attitude. You know, I wasn't alive during that time, but we no longer have that same attitude of wanting to be the best and, 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 and compete at a strong level, and, and really leave it all out on the field. You know, we don't, when it comes to education, it's totally different. And, 
you know, some of the things I envision, it would be too long to describe, but I, I definitely envision seeing kids doing dynamic things. And, and yes, you know, kids will make mistakes. There will be challenges. There will be injuries. But that's the only way you can push uh, innovation of mankind. It's really the only way you can push it. When, when you have something to believe in, when you're passionate about something, none of those things matter anyway. So we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we want to hear even more about this um, fantastic journey that you're planning. And I want to just remind the listeners that my guest today is Barrington Irving. He is inspiring us with his uh, personal story and also with his vision of um, a future where American kids are challenged and invited to excel. So we'll be right back. This is Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Thank you for being with me today as I'm having this conversation with Barrington Irving, pilot, educator, National Geographic Society, Emerging Explorer. We're really learning, I'm, we're learning so much, Barrington, about, um, you know, not just this extraordinary, um, life story that you're sharing with us, but also certainly your vision. And I think about a mindset that you're really inviting us to try on. And so I, I want to just um, tell you how, how gripping it is to hear you talk about this. And um, I want to to make sure that those who are, are tuning in really understand the project of the Flying Classroom and, in particular, the ways that you're really letting kids 
um, guide and take responsibility for this flight that you're going to do. Tell us more about what that's what that's going to be like. What's happening? So, so all a student would need is uh, internet access in order to participate with what I'm doing. And uh, they'll be able to go to our website, experienceaviation.org, in order to do that. And how this is planned is I'll be flying to seven continents, all the continents. And in every continent, there will be a different challenge. Whether on the land, in the air, in the sea, there will be a different challenge. And in order to accomplish that, um, students have to help me get through that challenge. So I'll give you an example. we want to be able to introduce students, um, and, and this will be for students focused mainly in grades 3 to 10, and we want to introduce them to complex subject matter. So subject matter such as how do you balance an ecosystem? So we'll, we will fly into Darwin, Australia. In Darwin, Australia, there's a major problem with a very poisonous toad called the cane toad. The cane toad lays 12 million eggs at a time. How do you how do you balance this? this? This toad can kill anything from an alligator to a human being. So we'll fly in. Students will dictate um, where we go to hunt down these cane toads. We'll capture the cane toads. We'll put them into a deep freeze and convert them into fertilizer. And also highlight something that happened um, two decades ago in Australia where they had you know, the, the overtaking of the jackrabbits. And, of course, you know, they messed up in that situation by, you know, administering poison to the, to the rabbits, and then the next animal that came behind to eat the rabbit um, got poisoned as well. So how do you balance an ecosystem? Right? So, so that's, that's one. Uh, another one that we'll be doing is in Switzerland is highlighting uh, technology moving forward in aviation, such as the solar-powered aircraft. How is it manufactured? What is solar-powered energy? How does it work? Um, helping me solve different logistics of figuring out how it works. Um, how do you use uh, composite material? Why do we use composite material? Because it's stronger than metal and more efficient and it saves on weight. How will this change aviation? Uh, I'll also be going to Madagascar. Uh, what happened to Haiti is happening right now to Madagascar. Um, Literally, because of deforestation, you fly over Madagascar and you see the island uh, bleeding into the ocean. Um, how, how, how do you deal with those challenges? How do you use math and science to solve some of the world's most complex issues? And that's what we'll be doing on this global flight. So it'll be a mix of math, science, history, social studies, geography, um, kids to know where different parts of the world is. Even flying into Antarctica, um, I mean, this this it, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge in order to do that in this aircraft and and with all the weather logistics and and how do you navigate when the avionics equipment uh, doesn't go below a certain point of uh, of, of latitude, you know? So it's it, it's a number of different things, and, and and students are at the helm from you know what type of meals I eat to solving these challenges to building different things. And um, I honestly just look at it as something cool, not because I'm doing it, but because I know it's something kids would want to pay attention to. And I'm I also sure, know it, sure. it, it, it's a resource. And the biggest challenge in this country 
isn't uh, resources. It's not resources. We have more than enough resources when it comes to math and science in this country. The biggest challenge we have is engagement, and and that's what I'm trying to address. Everyone can create a resource, but the engagement is is, is where we lack um, in really turning our kids on to math and science. You know, I think that's a powerful point that you're making, and there's a part of me that just really wants to know how are kids going to decide what you eat? Like, what's how's that actually going to work? Yeah, so it, it, it all depends. So one of the things our our young people don't even know today is about nutrition, and and you know you can't just go on a flight and load up or on an expedition and load up on a bunch of uh, chocolate and bars and so forth. You really have to have a balanced diet. You know whether you're climbing Mount Kilimanjaro or you're going out in the jungles of the Amazon. And, and, and different things provide different nutrients. So that's one of the ways where we want to teach kids about nutrition, but also at the same time uh, uh, let them be the nutritionist in the situation. So I'll, I'll pick what's on the menu, you know. I'll select what will be on the menu, and then they'll have to determine. And based on the votes, I'll, yeah. I'll then have to eat. I mean, uh, you know, there will be some crazy things to eat, you know, to intrigue the kids as well. And that's going to be done online. So that's going yeah. to be like a, you can follow this whole thing online. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Wow. So, um, will you be, um, talking to kids on the flight? Like as you, as you go, or how are you going to engage while so in the flying that's classroom? That's one of the cool things. That's one of the cool things is, um, uh, there, there will be a near real time, uh, web reality show, basically video clips that's updating all the time. I also have the capability to call classrooms from as high as 45,000 feet in the air and blog with kids from anywhere in the world as well while I'm flying in the plane, um, oh which, is, which is actually one of the really cool things about it. So I, I will have different forms and means of communicating with kids on a large scale and, you know, crowdsourcing information from, from students as well in the process. And how do schools and, and how are people finding out about this so that, you know, more and more kids can follow? It's, it's uh, been in part word of mouth. It's been in part, um, you know, different features um, in magazines and so forth. And, mm-hmm. and um, But, you know, everyone could go to my website, experienceaviation.org, and write in. We've been getting educators writing in. Uh, we'll be updating our website um, after the... I raced the uh, Studebill car against the jet on May 3rd. We'll be updating the website with more uh, information and so forth. And the way we're designing this is in a way where it aligns to the National Common Core Standards in math and science because we really want to make it easy for teachers to implement and to justify that. And um, so we'll be aligned to the National Common Core Standards in, in math and science. Well, I'm glad you, you gave us that, that website. It's experienceaviation.org. And I know that, um, that, that we'll be following you and certainly hope that people who are listening will send people to check this out and to sort of, you know, get kids and get actually adults too to really participate in supporting this extraordinary venture. Um, you know, Barrington, as we, as we wrap up the hour, we have about a minute left, but I, I would love to give you just a chance to, you know, give us, give us a little bit of advice. You know, how to, you've said so much. You've said many powerful points here for people to take, but if you could really just give us one thing to think about as we wind up our hour, you know, what's one thing you really want to leave people with? 
Um, next time there's something to be done, whether it's, uh, goodness, uh, rewiring a house or installing a solar panel or changing brakes on a car or something, um, figure out a way, even if you're not the expert, figure out a way to create a meaning, meaningful experience for kids to do that. And I know some of you guys might say, Oh, my kid's not going to be interested in that. You know, they're not going to care about electrical. Yeah, but there's when it's tied into something cool. Remember, it's, it's all about presentation. Um, everything we sell to kids, from phones to shirts, it's marketed in a strategic way. But when it be, when it comes to education, we just create one makeshift thing that we expect them to to accept. So package learning in a fun way that you know it's big to You know, I thank you for that. It's it's simple, it's right, it's available to us, and it's really just it sounds like about seeing what's right in front of our eyes as an opportunity for kids instead of uh, in the realm of adults. And I think that's been such a strong part of what you've said to us today. Um, I want to say thank you for being with me on this show, Barrington, and I wish you every success as you continue on with this really motivating mission. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Maybe next time we speak, I'll be at 45,000 feet in the flying classroom. We would love that. <laughs> Let's do it. Have a thank great you. day, and, and thank you, you for too. joining us, everyone. Take care. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life.